Good evening, Patriots, and it's Friday, April 8th in the year 2022. Hope you had a great Friday. For those of you on the East Coast, it is now three minutes after the hour, so you are now in Saturday. So there you go, just like that. And for those around the world, because we do have others joining us, thank you for joining us. This is really a, increasingly, even though we talk a lot about American-focused politics and topics, Bards FM has increasingly become an international show, and I'm very blessed with all of that. And at center of that is the fact that we're all God's children. We all have a fight, and we all have our lands that we love, that we live in. And we all have a lot of challenge ahead of us in deposing these evil governments that are running us all. So we all share that, and it's a beautiful fellowship that we are building here. Before we begin tonight, let me give you a quick message on your health. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need, that will sustain you across the entire day while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at expeditioncoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut, Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Right now, we're pretty much in a total chaos, and from where we sit on many levels in our observation, it's pretty clear that our governments have completely gone mad. <clears throat> or at least they're showing their true nature, which I think is probably more true. I think it's important just to begin tonight with Matthew seven thirteen to 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. This walk that we're on is a narrow gate walk. And it's a difficult walk, and it's intended to be. And along the way, there's many, many temptations. There's obviously the lately the temptation of gender and this gender theory, queer theory garbage. And part of that temptation is not that you necessarily succumb to it, but that you do nothing about it. The temptation is just to acquiesce to the pressures and claims that they're making, that they're not being understood, that they need to do this to be better, that we need to do this for inclusion, which we all know this is non, not biblical. This is straight-up demonic. And in the process, if we acquiesce to that and we don't make a stand and put a line to say we won't cross this, 
then we're simply taking the easy route. That walk of the narrow gate is one that's very demanding. It's Christ's walk. We have Governor Kathy Hochul. I guess that's how you say her name. She's the governor of New York. She, she posted this today at 3 p.m. on Twitter. We're legalizing to-go drinks to support small businesses and because I know we could all use a drink. Alcohol. I'm not against, I'm not, a, I'm not one of those that says don't drink. I happen to drink very little anymore. I'm, that started in Afghanistan, actually. Three and a half years there, and there, is, there was a moratorium on drinking. And it isn't that we didn't have a drink in a rare occasion, because it did happen, but drinking just was not a thing. And the longer I was away from it, the less that I drank. I didn't drink much ever anyway. But I'm at a point now where I don't drink beer at all. Once in a rare while, I have a shot of my favorite whiskey, and once in a rare while, I have a small glass of wine, and that's it, and I I just make it a point not to drink, but when I see this, and I see them pushing drinking, just like they did with keeping the, the liquor stores open, the whole principle, again, is to draw people into the temptations of being, of finding an escape, to drink your way to peace, and drink your way to whatever nightmare that is um, and that's again this trap it's just like the the whole thing with the legalization of marijuana this is a really interesting one and it has been such a hostile topic when I've brought it up I have people literally wanting to throw knives at me and I and I'm just going to stand by what I've always said the legalization of marijuana was a trap. It was intended to bring the drug culture mainstream and keep people high and stupid and numb. The irony is that most people don't realize that while marijuana is still not legal in every state, in fact, Oregon is one of the biggest producers of marijuana for the nation, and yet it is illegal to take marijuana across state lines. And so there are huge operations constantly ongoing in southern Oregon against the cartels who have settled in here, trafficking marijuana across state lines. But here's what most people don't know. Hemp, which is, as I always say, the comparison between hemp and and marijuana is like the difference between sweet corn and field corn. Field corn being like hemp, sweet corn being like marijuana. Hemp is legal in all 50 states as a crop to grow because its THC levels are very low and the the creation of CBD oils is best with hemp and it is encouraged along with hemp for clothing and hemp for other usage. So this is why I've always said that the whole principle behind legalizing marijuana is the same. It was all just to keep people high and stupid. And high and numb. And that's the same thing with alcohol. And they're doing this stuff because this is how they get to those people that don't have a walk with Christ. And aren't solid in their faith. And because there's so many things just kind of unraveling. Right? So we're, we're really at a 
kind of a spiraling point right now of society. And what's interesting is how much is centering on this laptop from hell, as they call it, the Hunter Biden laptop. Because there's, it's, it just seems to connect everything and expose everything. At least it leads the, let's put this, put it this way. It's leading to the doorways and to the entry of the rabbit holes that take people into the places they don't want them to start looking. Listen to this one minute and 24 second piece. Very interesting presentation by a very astute university student talking to one of the senior people in the newspapers. Obviously, this laptop is of major concern for them. So take a listen. Daniel Schmidt. I'm a freshman at the University of Chicago. My question is for Ms. Applebaum. Um, so in 2020, you wrote, those who live outside the Fox News bubble do not, of course, need to learn any of the stuff about Hunter Biden, referring to his laptop, of course. Uh, a poll later after that found that if voters knew about the content of the laptop, 16% of Joe Biden voters would have acted differently. Now, of course, we know a few weeks ago, the New York Times confirmed that the content is real. Do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed uh, Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what can we learn from that in ensuring that what we label as disinformation is truly disinformation and not reality? I mean, my, my problem with Hunter Biden's laptop is, I think, totally irrelevant. I mean, it's not whether it's disinformation or I mean, I don't think the Hunter Biden's um, business relationships have anything to do with who should be president of the United States. So I, I didn't find I don't find it to be interesting. I mean, that that would be my problem with the, that as a as a major news story. It's not interesting. You can say a lot of things about the Hunter Biden laptop, but uh Crack pipes, hookers, seven-figure bribes from foreign governments. That's, I think we all would have to agree, that is at least interesting. And this is the sort of narrative that they're pushing to try to continue to keep the masses within the space of numb and not questioning the lack of cognitive behavior. You know, I'm reminded, I think we're reminded here, John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The, the present, big issue here for everybody, again, is the relationship that we have in Christ, especially as all of this begins to really unravel. And it's not, I guess I should rephrase, because it is unraveling. The question is, how far does it go? I want to read you something here that's very interesting because it's an in indication that what we're about ready to hit potentially could be bigger than any of us have anything in, have in mind. So let me just read this and I'll explain. This is a tweet by an account called Malmus Burryman. Malmus Burryman. And it reads this. Russia didn't lose the PR battle in the West over Ukraine. They haven't even contested it. And if a major power who are studied in the art of propaganda decides not to propagandize you, what is the most likely explanation? That they made a terrible blunder or that you don't matter? This is a very insightful post and a very insightful tweet. Because 
where we are right now in this walk is we have been conditioned over years that America's the greatest, America's the most powerful. America is is the leader of the world. What happens here will rock the world, etc. And we've always taken that in terms of for example, economics is a good ex- one big example. If America gets a cold, the world gets the flu. That's always been a comment. So if the American economy falls, the whole world topples. We've never considered the reflection that we were the center of evil and what would happen if a force was fighting for good to reveal good to the world. I'm tying this into this tweet because I want you to think carefully about this. Russia does not care what we think. And this is a unique place, even though I know people can say, well, they're, they're, the brainwashed are going to say, well, they're, they're a tyranny, which is not true. That's, I can prove that just by a simple, it's one simple fact. If those are, that are trying to say that Russia's tyranny, then explain to me why Putin has worked so hard to build a middle class while our country has worked so hard to destroy it. And explain to me why it is easier to set up a small business in Russia than it is here. Those two things alone explain a great deal. But what should be very eye-opening and to some concerning is that Russia has not once tried to counter-propagandize this war. Instead, they've come out and presented facts and truth, which tells me something from a perspective of military operations. It means they haven't even got to the beginning yet. It means that whatever they're doing, and they're, they're not budging on their position, in spite of all these sanctions, in spite of everything that's being thrown on them, they've had a counter-move in place for every single one of them, And they're simply ignoring any of the threats coming from the one rival superpower, us. Some people are saying, are trying to translate this to say, well, they've teamed up up with China, and so now they think they can beat us. That doesn't make a lot of sense in a war that's been driven by propaganda and information, especially in a moment when the global propaganda machine is working overdrive to try to distort the perception of Russia into being the evil ogre. And Russia's holding a steady walk on this, a steady line, dripping truth one step at a time. If you have not been paying attention to Putin's speeches, he's speaking to the West. What president does that that's on the defensive? What president does that that's afraid? My point is to be very prepared for what may come out because Ukraine is, if it had 30 bioweapons labs and if they were dealing with the sorts of things that we know they've been dealing with, that means they've been dealing with CRISPR technologies. Now, I just want to put this in context. I have no proof of what I'm saying, but I can tell you these people are as evil as it comes. So if we start to add the pieces together on the board, this could be unbelievable of what they're finding out. I'm projecting, but I just want to put this in context here. We know that Ukraine has unbelievable high levels of orphans. 
We know, in fact, that there was a German company, at least one German company, that was having women held captive, more or less, in underground bunkers, giving birth to children, probably either artificially inseminated or potentially raped, and those children were being adopted for a price of 49,000 euros, primarily by the LGBTQAI plus cult that were wanting to adopt kids. That was an engine of profit that existed there. We know that there were many, many orphans that were coming from mixed-race families because Ukrainians were so racist that the mixed-race families couldn't continue, so they would put the children up for adoption. We know that, too, as a fact. Now, if you are engineering kids to be sold, and if you have this other pool of kids that no one's wanting to adopt, and you have labs there that are doing genetic experiments, and you know for a fact already that the Chinese are doing things like a human-pig hybrid, which they announced just recently, what do you think would happen in a country where no one was paying any attention and where regulations were completely removed and the ability to experiment and create whatever you wanted was allowed? If you had proof of that, would you care what the United States said. And if you were going to tear down the biggest evil in the world and you were going to do it with truth, wouldn't it be amazing if that truth that you were going to present was the very truth of the chimeras and hybrid humans and experimented humans that you had been working on with your taxpayer dollars? Just saying. I have no proof of this, but I'll tell you what. I would tell you this. Be prepared, because Russia doesn't play. Russia doesn't play at all. And they aren't here. They aren't there to, to lose. Putin has gone all out to win. He's pivoted the ruble to gold. He's caused the dollar to begin to a slide. He's cut off food to his enemies. He's mandated that if you're going to buy petroleum, this is his counterattack to the sanctions. If you're going to buy fuel from them, you have to buy it in rubles. He's tearing apart the infrastructure of the cabal, which is built on the petrodollar and the hub of that evil that's right here. I would be prepared especially since I'm seeing all sorts of traffic popping up lately about crazy stuff. Like I've never seen so much traffic in surfacing up about images from human hybrids and all this sort of stuff is filtering DNA experiments. And I, I'm just telling you, just be prepared. And what it's going to require is that we have to have the strength in this time to endure as Christians. And it means deeper than just enduring. It means overcoming. I'm going to play a piece here. It's six minutes long. I debated on whether to play it, but I want I want you to hear it. It's absolutely spectacular. It's difficult. I'm going to tell you up front. This is a medical doctor that goes through all that happened to Jesus Christ. 
And what's so profound is how this has changed his life. So I want you to listen to this six minutes. It's truly, it brought me to tears. It is beautiful. It is powerful. And it's a reminder of all that was given to us, all that was sacrificed for us, and what we owe in that debt to stand strong and to pursue truth and to stand up for the children and to pursue the reclamation of liberty and God on the throne of this nation. Keep those things in mind as you listen to this amazing six minutes. Yeah, I, I believe that Christ's suffering uh, and the demonstration of the kind of, um, of physiologic stress that his human body was under uh, is manifested in the Garden of Gethsemane, where it's described that he was sweating blood. And there, are, there is a well-documented uh, medical condition in which patients who are under tremendous amount of uh, emotional stress and physiological stress can in fact uh, sweat blood because little blood vessels within the glands burst and, the, and then the blood is expressed. The, the, the scourge involved the use of a, a short whip with pieces of uh, typically metal, sometimes bone, sometimes pieces of porcelain wrapped in these leather straps, which is then utilized to, to come across uh, typically the back, the shoulders, the legs of the victim. Uh, and uh, the first few passes across a particular body part would tear through the skin, the fat, uh, but eventually, once the outer layers were, were uh, torn away, it would start getting in the muscle and the tendon. And of course, along the way, you're ripping through all the blood vessels that supply all those tissues. And so you're losing blood the whole time. The plant that was described um, uh, actually had a very long thorn, um, not the little thorns that we would think from a rose bush. These were thorns that were uh, typically an inch and a half to two inches in length. The scalp is one of the most vascular portions of our body. It's got a huge blood supply up there. So then having those thorns shoved down into the, you know, down onto the bony plate would have gone through all the scalp which in and of itself would have created a huge amount of blood loss. Uh, I've seen people actually bleed to death from just a scalp injury. So uh, it's not a small injury to have, uh, who knows, dozens uh, of these things shoved into your scalp. And so that would have caused more blood loss. Typically when a victim has to uh, uh, carry the cross, what has been described uh, in the literature, in, in actual Roman literature, is they, they describe, the, the, they, they carry the crossbar. Uh, and the crossbar is estimated alone, was estimated to weigh about 110 pounds. And of course, if your arms are stuck out here, wrapped up on the cross, crossbar, and you fall down, you need help getting up. You, you, you just can't get up on your own because there's no possible way without your arms to get up. So he would have needed help getting up. If he, fall, if he fell over, there's a good chance that he could have hit his chest, which, which then could account for the possibility of a cardiac injury. Anatomically, we consider the wrists as part of the hand. And so uh, with the placement of the nails between the radius and the ulna, at that position, it, it still fits, fits the definition of being in the hand and it's in a position in which the nail won't rip out, which you have to have, you have, to have a solid point of fixation. Uh, another interesting point about the placement of that is the median nerve goes right straight through 
that particular uh, 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 portion of the wrist. And so there would have been uh, either destruction of the nerve or, or impingement of the nerve that would have created tremendous amount of pain so that every time you try to take a breath, you'd be, it'd be agonizing. You'd be pushing down on spiked feet, which of course hurt, and then you'd be hanging on spiked arms. And so you alternate from excruciating pain to excruciating pain every time you take a breath. So, so even if he survives the actual crucifixion, he would have had to survive what I believe to be a, a, a lethal injury from the spear just to find out whether he was alive or not. What's described is the loss of water and blood, and that would entail either the, the uh, uh, either pleural effusion or pericardial effusion, and the blood would have come from either pulmonary artery, a pulmonary vein, the aorta or vena cava, or the heart itself. None of those injuries, unless you're treated immediately by a trauma surgeon like myself, with all the advanced equipment that we have, would be survivable after even a few minutes. Christ, as the Son of God, could have survived anything. He chose to manifest himself as a human at that point in time and allowed himself to die. And, and being human at that point in time he could not have survived this particular series of traumas. It's not possible. Um, Christ as God could have survived anything they threw at him. And, but he chose to be Christ, the human, at that point in time to die for our sins. And that given that, that self-limitation of remaining to be human, he died. He did not survive the event. I, uh, I'm profoundly impacted by it because I realized you know, the price that he paid was something I'm not, I would be, never be willing to do for probably anybody. It's very difficult for me to even sing songs about the cross, even in worship. Because I truly do understand what he paid, the price that he paid. Christ never made that walk without Father. And there's so much in that, in appreciating the depth of the pain that was endured for us. We get very wrapped up in our small little things that we do in life. We get wrapped up in our concerns for credit card bills and we get wrapped up in our concerns about the cost of gasoline. We get wrapped up in the concern of what somebody writes on social media that we took offense to. We get, heck, we get uptight if our hair is wrong. Or if we have a pimple on our nose. We moan and complain if we have an achy hip or a cramp in our foot. We feel good when the car is washed 
and then we've got a full tank of gas and we're running around and people are looking at that nice car that we have. It's really important to remember how much was sacrificed in those moments by Jesus for all of us. It's very humbling. And it's essential that we keep in mind that we can endure amazing things as long as we stay close and stay connected with Father. We're not intended to ever walk without him. And I think that's one of the things that we, sh- we don't talk enough about with Christ. He didn't enter that situation without reaching to Father. And in fact, he even said later, Father, forgive them for what, on the cross, forgive them for what they've done. They know not what they have done. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and I will dine with him and he with me. How many times, I would almost say it's probably weekly in a lot of people's lives that we just go about our day. We sit down and we have a quick bite of dinner. We don't take time to invite Jesus into our life. And the most amazing thing about that passage in Revelation is he's there, right at the door. He's right there. God is there for us to enter him, yet he doesn't enter the home unless we invite him in. And so what is amazing here? Is it in this time with all this chaos going on and all this insanity in the world and all the highlights of the craziness that we're standing up against, it's not difficult to win this fight. It never has been. Jesus showed us that. What Jesus did show us is that people will betray each other, even the Son of God. But what we should learn from that is it takes incredible courage to stand up to the evil and to hold the line even in moments of persecution. Luke 18.8. This is all red letter language. I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on the earth? That phrase literally haunts me. I, I don't go through a day without thinking about that. And it goes back to the simple challenge and reality of how much Christ went through for us. I have put that question to Father openly. Could I endure that? I have prayed on that question many times. And I got an answer. This was months ago. I shared it here. I got an answer. I don't think people liked it when I told them, and I don't care. I mean, I just can tell you I got an answer to my prayers. Because I asked, could I endure that? And the answer was, 
if you trust in me. And it's that simple. It's important for us to realize the power of the relationship with Father in all of these times. We need to invite him in. We need to dine with him. We need to share our lives with him because that's what it is. That's what Christ was showing us. Above all things, he was showing us that. That in spite of being the son of God, here he was walking as a man, as a mortal, as in a physical body. And he was doing so always connected with Father. It wasn't, I'm going to connect with Father in the morning and then I'll maybe connect with him tomorrow morning. It was a constant relationship of intimacy that was always there. And he was such an unbelievable warrior. He was, it's just stunning to me how we don't, we should be having, you know, posters of him as a warrior, not as a smelly hippie. This is a this is a, a statured man of tremendous prowess, strength incredible. He was a carpenter, not the Home Depot carpenter. It's the carpenter that's literally hewing the wood, cutting the wood by hand. I don't know if you've done this before. I have, so I can speak with absolute experience. When you're milling your own lumber by hand, not with chainsaws, not with sawmills, you're milling the lumber by hand. You're using your ads. You're using your saws. You're using your hand planes. You're using your draw knives. You're using your chisels. That's an incredible skill set, and it's an incredible amount of strength that it takes. And the wood that's available in these regions is acacia, and it's myrtle. It's hard. It's heavy. It's dense. This is a powerful man a gentle giant in a certain way. And yet fierce enough at a point to flip tables and to take out a whip and mighty enough to endure the most wretched and ruthless torture a person could go through and mighty enough to overcome the people who themselves denied him and even spat on him and threw things at him as the son of God. Every one of us that follows Christ has the potential to walk a path of persecution. To what degree is unknown. But the one thing that we absolutely have to know in our hearts is that we have to trust in Father, and if we trust in Him, we can endure everything. In the coming weeks, months, and years. There is literally no stopping the flow of truth that's coming out. If you've taken any time to just kind of peek under the covers of the darker side of life, you know that some of the horrors that man has created are enough to make the strongest of men weep. The experiments that have been done for the benefit of some sick-minded individuals, the tortures that have been levied on people for the pleasure of others, 
in the name of national security or whatever it is, in the name of ritual sacrifice. These things that have gone on are horrors beyond belief. And as a society, there's a certain measure of that truth that if we are truly going to evolve, we're going to have to confront. We don't get the option anymore of brushing this under the rug. And I say all that because that truth has to come out. To what degree people are willing to go down that rabbit hole is unknown. But to a certain degree, everybody has to go down that walk of truth to see at least enough to comprehend that what's behind the next door may not be what they want to see, but their minds have enough picture to realize it is worse and darker than anything they've ever realized and that we have willfully allowed it to occur on earth. That has to happen in order for us to heal and in order for us to come together once again. It is not an option. Because unless there's an understanding of truth and suffering and what the suffering others have gone through so that we could live in this convenient, safe little bubble, we will never be able to find an ability to build bridges with one another. Because what we need to discover is how we are have all suffered at various levels or been victimized by the system. So why do I say all that? Because at the end of the day, the burdens that we all carry will be emotional in this war of information, not physical as in the wars of old. Christ walked in the wars of old where physical abuse and ex- was the central piece of warfare, like the previous wars we've seen. But this war has been different. This war has been a war of the mind to break the soul. That won't happen as long as we trust in Father. And as that was his walk carrying the cross, we now have our own walk of that kind now. And we must, and we must persevere. Because for the many that are out here that don't have the intimate relationship with Christ, they need to see the strength in which we can demonstrate in this time that will in the end lead the many out of the darkness and the fear and the pain and the depression to show them the true power of Christ Jesus, our Lord. And when we walk that way, and we walk with that trust in God, and when we trust in him in the most amazing way, we accomplish something that we've been told but we may not understand, but it suddenly becomes possible even in our own minds. And what is that? John fourteen twelve. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the words that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Our reason for being here, our time and our place, this moment that we live with all that's going on, the truths that are being revealed. I encourage everybody to pray this on this and take this to Father, but it's clear to me. John 14, 12 unlocks it all because that is what we're here for. 
greater works than these he will do because it's through us that God will be able to work as long as we trust in him and we will be able to endure whatever is coming for us to lead, to help rebuild, and to help reset not just this country, but the lands across the world as believers to put God back upon the throne and for all of us to be humbled before him and to be deeply healed as one in one body. Christ died for that. We owe that. And what he went through is important to never forget because where we're going, I believe, what is coming, I believe, will be of a magnitude equal to all the pain that he went through, only it will be in our minds and it will be in our hearts because it will be the truths that we have to confront of what our world has become, what our world has done, and what we've been willfully ignorant or blind to all of our lives. Only through the repentance and the process of a relationship through Christ can we endure this and the trust in Father. But we must go through that, and we must be as strong as he. And we can as long as we trust in him. Let us pray. Father, we just ask that you'll hear our prayers tonight. And Jesus, just please sit with us. We are so deeply humbled and moved by the reminders of all that was endured in the sacrifice for us. The pain, the tortures, all endured to relieve us of our sins and to help us reclaim our position next to the throne. Father, for those times when we wander and we don't, we try to carry the burdens of the world up upon our shoulders, forgive us for those trepidations. For those times that we try to race off and put the world before you, Father, forgive us. Jesus, when we are out here and we're doing our work in our world and we're consumed with the various aspects of the worlds of men, the idolatries that we consume ourselves with, forgive us for forgetting just all that was endured for us. And hear us as well that we place ourselves before you, repenting in our hearts for those things that we have callously set aside, the truths that are so important for us to face. As we continue this walk, hear our prayers as well, that we seek that trust, that intimacy with you greater than we've ever imagined. We seek that relationship knowing that you're at the door and we're inviting you into the table, please come and sit and share the meal. We seek that gift of being able to do greater works than these, 
not because of ego, but because of the need to heal a world, a need to embrace the love that you've given, a need to embrace the trust that you've offered. So share our meal, share our table, share every meal, share every table, share every breath and every step. Hear our prayers, hear our hearts. Help us lift the burdens that we have put upon ourselves to see the path clearly. Take away the fear and the anxieties that we find too often find comfort in because we're too consumed with these idolatries of details rather than the depth of knowledge and wisdom that you've offered to us. We're too consumed with the aspects of fear and anxiety than the power of love and healing. Guide us here, Father. And Jesus, we're under your banner. This is the fight that we have to win, and we know that part of this is not going to be easy. So we reach to you for that strength and that wisdom that only you can give. As we prepare again to climb even higher, guide us and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. There is a really amazing place we can all find. And it's just that incredible love and voice of Father. But we have to let him in. We have to, he's at the door. And don't hesitate to invite him in, even in the worst of times. There's a lot of people out here right now that are being affected by this injection. There's a lot of people that are being affected by economics, by the fear of the media, by the division of politics, the hatred that comes through all of that. There's children that have been victimized by these predators and groomers. There's a lot of pain in our world. The shills, in my opinion, promise you things like med beds and great technologies that are going to save the world. Whatever. I think we all know that the true healing only comes through the acceptance and full embracing of the love in which comes through Jesus Christ. Don't get distracted on this walk. Technologies only mimic that which God gives. And as these truths continue to percolate up, what we will see again and again is that it's man trying to be God and doing the most horrific things in the name of that in their attempt to be greater than he and living the illusion that they can. We have all that we need within us, a perfect body system to heal itself. We have an unlimited potential. We've been told that 
if we, our prayers will be answered if we simply ask for what we need. There is nothing in this world that, is, that won't be taken care of as long as we trust in him. That's not owned by Google. That's not owned by Facebook. That's God's promise to us. And all we have to do is trust in him and accept Jesus into our heart. So spend some time, if you can, enjoy this weekend. Spend some time inviting God to the table. Ask Jesus to take a walk with you. Remember all that was sacrificed for us. Enjoy the glory and the beauty of the world in which our Lord has created. And know that that we have been told that we have within us the power to take authority over all of this evil and in the end do greater works than he. Those gifts are yet to be discovered, but what a profound and amazing exploration and journey to find them. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into this fight. Reach with those prayers. Open that door. Invite God in. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And yet he's so amazingly respectful. He stands at the door and waits for us to invite him in. What type of What an amazing God he is. And in the end, God will always win. But we're here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Actually, uh, tomorrow afternoon, Bended Knee will just be aired. There will be no live stream tomorrow on bended knee. I've got some work I have to do and I'm not going to be available at the computer. But it will post. I'll do it. I'll have it posted. And then I'll be live again tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. So until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now
sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Something to find.